The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What's up, everybody? It is Monday, April 3rd, around 3 o'clock. I have just come inside because it is beautiful outside. Spent some time on the front porch, redneck tanning, answering some emails, getting some stuff done. It is a beautiful day here in Fairfax, Virginia. I am joined by my good friend, Ed Williams. Ed, how are you doing? Rocking the new Roback. Just had a care package come in. Oh, yeah. I had to get the Nats. Well, as close to Nats red as you can get for baseball season. So, uh, as you mentioned, it's a beautiful day outside. I wish we were at the ballpark instead of mm-hmm. doing work on a Monday, but it is what it is. It is indeed what it is. We're going to kick off this podcast, as we almost always do, with a hokey haiku that I wrote myself. I'm actually getting pretty good at this. Final four Hokies, memories, and momentum. Can't wait. For what is next? Got an action-packed show for you today. We got the national championship on tonight at 9.20. For those living on the East Coast, RIP, myself included. An aberration. 9.20 tip-off. Fix it. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. What's really annoying is it's 8.20 local time in Houston. So it's right. just late. it's late for everyone involved. Like, what are we doing here? It's not good for anybody. Nobody likes that. Um, real quick, we need to talk about Spring Jam. Spring Jam is coming up here on Friday, April 14th. Yes, it is the same event we did last year. It is at the same location. Frank's Cinnabowl is what it used to be. It is now McLean's over on 1st and Main. Here's the deal. We got the golf event earlier on in the day, and then we have the Spring Jam at night from 8 to midnight at 1st and Main. Live performances from David Wilson. Yes. That David Wilson, backflipping David Wilson, scoring touchdowns David Wilson. He's going to be doing live music. We also have Dan Marshall from American Idol who will be playing music as well. We're also trying to sure up potentially a couple interviews, maybe an interview. Um, but either way, it's a great time. If you want to come hang out, David Wilson, Dan Marshall, the Suns, everybody, um, alumni, former players, current players, not on the football team because they have a spring game tomorrow. Uh, come on down. Come hang out. It is $10 online presale. Those details will go out this week, hopefully tomorrow, or $20 at the door. So, again, that is 8 to midnight, Friday, April 14th at McLean's over by 1st and Main. Let's talk about the final four. Let's talk about our game versus LSU. First of all, shout out to everybody who showed up. To the ballroom. It was a great show out. Probably had close to 40, 50 people show up, which was great. Had a good time. But uh Ed, give me your give me your takeaways from the game. 
I thought we played really well for three quarters. Uh, the fourth quarter, the ball just didn't bounce our way. That happens in championship-level events um, like the Final Four. But Virginia Tech played really well. They played you know, their brand of basketball for stretches. And then LSU uh, was kind of just more physical and able to pull away with the lead in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Hokies 29-13 to 13 in the fourth. Uh, the fourth quarter was pretty brutal for Virginia Tech. But uh, I think the biggest thing was LSU was really physical and forced a lot of turnovers, 18-7 to 7 on the turnover battle there. So Virginia Tech lost that one pretty handily, and we didn't shoot the ball very well. So, um, you know, a lot of people in the timeline were like, we need more athletes. Uh, we need to be more athletic, which is, in my opinion, the take that people give when they don't have a real take to give. So uh, my counter to that was LSU was able to impose their will and play their style of ball and Virginia Tech didn't shoot well enough to consider to play what we would all cons- consider the Virginia Tech style of basketball. So if Virginia Tech made more shots and from the three-point land and shot better than 29%, they probably win that game. Uh, cut down the turnovers, they also probably win that game. Both have been a staple of Kenny Brooks-style basketball during this run. LSU played their style, we didn't, and as a result, LSU moved on and then won the national championship. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Look, I think Liz, while, again, you look at the box score, you look at the box score only, you think she played really well. And she did. She had 18 points, 12 rebounds, three assists. But the story of the entire tournament was teams lock in on Liz Kitley. Um, and then you're able to hit the three ball, whether it was Kayla King against Ohio State or Georgia Amore against literally everybody else we played. Um, and everybody kind of got gold at the, cold at the, right, at the wrong time. Uh, Kayana Trailer played an amazing game. I do want to tip my cap to her. That was probably one of the better games that she played all year. Um but no, I definitely, I, I, I was not on board with the athleticism take because in a way that's almost like acting like it was kind of a mistake for us to get to the final four, which it absolutely wasn't. We were extremely well coached. We had great leadership on the team. Um, we brought a physical presence to this basketball team. We've talked about it all year that we really hadn't had in the past. Um, and I think that's what is my main takeaway is we were up nine in the fourth quarter against the eventual and convincing national champions after they absolutely stomped Iowa. Um, so, you know, a lot to build on, and we'll talk about this in, in the future. But, you know, Kenny Brooks has some jo- uh, work to do in the portal, but he has asserted himself as a elite coach, an elite young coach, new coach, not new at Virginia Tech, but new into that kind of rung of people. Um, and also who doesn't want to go play with George Amor, Liz Kitley and Kayla King. So, um, I think it's a great deal. I think it's awesome. The one thing that I wanted to address that I am, I'm over it. I'm so over it. There is a conglomerate of probably 15, 20 people. I know there are more, but, um, what they love to do is they love to wait that they don't watch a game all year. It could be the tennis team, baseball team. Last year, it could be the women's basketball team this year. They watch zero games all season. And then they say, whoa, man, this team's pretty good. And they start tuning in. And then the only way they can define success on that team is if they win a national title or not. Stop doing that. It is a a losing exercise. Everybody wants to win a national title. Everybody does. So does every other team in America. And there weren't a ton of people doing it, but to the people out there who are saying another typical Virginia Tech choke, this is obviously what happens. Virginia Tech choked it away. Don't start watching a team for the last two games of the year 
and then have problems with the way they perform or try to critique coaching or critique how they play. I mean, it just, it happens every year and it drives me insane. Yeah. And you know, the LSU game specifically is frustrating because people clearly hadn't watched LSU all year either. Like Angel Reese is one of the best players in the country. Um, They had, you know, the girl playing point guard for LSU has been playing college basketball since 2017. She played for Kim Mulkey at Mm. Baylor in 2017 let's let's let that sink in for a second but yeah it's very frustrating um i'll I'll stop there (laughs) yeah no so um yeah that's not necessary that that's with all sports it's just frustrating that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna bandwagon do a little bit of research try to it is is possible to simply just lose a game and they're not some like catastrophic issue with the program or the athletic department yeah Um, it is it is quite possible to simply lose a sporting event. I mean, you don't you think Alabama's running around saying that their football team wasn't athletic enough last year and that's why they didn't make it to the, the playoff from it win a natty? No, it is possible to simply lose. Other teams are good too. I agree. Um we are about to venture into a land that we typically don't don't venture into. Um look, I'm very pro player. I'm always pro player. Um but this was a little bit more than a quarrel between one player and another player. Um, the Ashley Awusu situation got extremely ugly. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at the entire season. Ashley Awusu comes in. Ashley Awusu has a cult following that I, I did not know exist, existed. Like, like an unbelievable cult following. Um, and unfortunately, she hurts her finger. She's out. Tech has to adjust. They find a lineup that works. And she kind of found herself on the outside looking in, a little bit of a ball-dominant player. Um, and she wasn't getting minutes. And the team was performing at an unbelievable clip. And the one thing that we talked about, we never talked about on the show, but her body language on the bench, her body language in shoot-arounds, her tweets. <laughs> the tweets were bad. Um, and it's just uh, it's just disappointing that this all kind of turned out that way. And, and Ed, you're going to go down the history lane of, of how Ashley Wusu got here, but um, it was ugly. It was ugly after the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go into it too much because, you know, everything is speculation on Twitter and from people yep. who claim that they were in the building and saw things happen that, you know, nothing's been reported. Nothing's been officially talked about, but yeah, the Ashley Wusu roller coaster has been interesting. Um, yeah, she was a very, very, very highly recruited player coming out of high school up in the Northern Virginia, D.C. area. Obviously went to Maryland, which is a historic program under Brenda Freeze. Um, did well there, had some success, and then left. Um, she left, Angel Reese left, and it was kind of like a weird, you know, what's going on with the Maryland women's program. But, um, you know, most of my family are Maryland fans. A lot of them follow the basketball, both basketball programs pretty closely. And I was pretty fired up when we got Ashley Wusu, and I got a text from a couple of different family members who watched them and said, you know, best be careful what you wish for. Good luck. Um, she's pretty ball dominant. And the, the general consensus I gathered from the Maryland program was that um, she may not have been welcomed back there by Brenda Freeze. So she transferred and came to Virginia Tech. And it seemed like she had a really good attitude at the beginning, fit in really well. Hot, everyone was singing the Ashley Wusu praises coming out of camp. You know, she can do things on the court that, quite frankly, nobody on our team can uh, when she's fully healthy and fully at her peak. Um, she's an extremely, extremely talented basketball player. Um, but like you just said, you gave the rundown. She got hurt. You know, Kayana Trailer slid into the starting lineup. And Virginia Tech never looked back. And, um, you know, I kind of 
I've kind of gathered this, and this is just me, you know, like, I don't, what do I know? But it, I've kind of gathered this, like, it's not my fault. It's everyone else's fault coming out of the Ashley Awusu camp, whether that be from an account that appears to be a relative of hers tweeting Ashley's tweets herself. Um, I will just point out that she left Maryland, Maryland made the Elite Eight. She came to Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech made the Final Four without her playing. I think it takes an interesting perspective from a player and a fan and a you know fan of that player following to be like, no, nah, no, nah, it ain't her fault. You know, it's it's the it's the Elite Eight program and Hall of Fame coach and Brenda Freeze's fault, and it's the Final Four team and ACC champs fault. It's it's not Ashley's fault. It's their fault. So I think that's where I'll leave it. That's an interesting place to be if you're Ashley Wusu, but um, you know. I think maybe take a step back and look at the big picture and hopefully she does and, you know, lands on her feet somewhere. Maybe she'll stay here. She hasn't entered the portal yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if she does, I would expect Virginia Tech fans to kind of wipe their memory and, you know, be the awesome fan base that we are and support her if she does decide to stay here. But um, it's a very interesting perspective to leave an Elite Eight program and come to a Final Four program. And it's it's somehow not your fault. Yes, I agree. And to wrap it up, Wishing her nothing but the best in whatever she decides to do. But it was um, with a team that was extremely likable um, and and will forever be extremely likable. Um, it was just a little bit of a bummer. A little bit of a bummer to see how it, how it worked out. Because she is a talented player. And this is an incredible team. So uh, to wrap things up on this team, salute to the seniors. Wow. Just a, a, an amazing, amazing group. Um, just to, to single a couple out. Taylor Guyman did a great job filling in when we needed her to, when the lineup got really, really short, Taylor soul was the absolute heart and soul of this team. She really kind of brought that edge that tech needed for so long. Um, and I think the one thing that she brought that I hope tech carries into next year is there were times that this team, I don't think really understood how good they are uh, or really, I don't want to say believed, but like this was an amazing tech team and they were athletic enough to compete with some of the best programs in the country. They were good enough to go out and beat a historic program like Tennessee twice, once on the road and once on the biggest stage that you can possibly play on. Um, beat Ohio State, go on that run in the ACC, win an ACC championship. And in that video that went out before the Final Four, you saw her talking to the team and she's like, nobody can take this from us. Like this is This is our moment. We own this moment. And I think that kind of leadership and that kind of belief really was captured and, and, and taken by the entire team and made a huge difference. Um, Kayana trailer quiet, but extremely selfless. Again, she played one of her best games ever against LSU. I'm still waiting for a lot of the, we're, we're, it's trickling out like a lot of the post game interviews from players. Um, and it was great to hear her say, I mean, she was saying this is the best year of her life. Um, she fit right into Virginia Tech. She felt the family atmosphere. And you're just hearing all the things that you hear about Coach Brooks. You hear about this team, and it fires you up. And then uh, Deja Gregg, Mo, got better every single game. Uh, she, again, played with a tenacity, a grit, and an aggressiveness um, that I think elevated this team. So um, shout out to everybody on this team. Um, and uh, what a what an incredible year. If you had to take one thing from – that senior class away, what would you, what would you be taking away? What, what is the one thing that stood out to you this year? I don't know. Um, it was an interesting group and obviously a couple of them are coming back. 
that were, you know, considered seniors, but I guess there's a few grad students, so we'll talk about them. But Kayana Trailer was, I don't think her, I think Kayana Trailer and Taylor Soul, you know, Georgia and Liz get all the credit nationally. Um, but Taylor Soul and Kayana Trailer were so important to this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kayana Trailer had countless moments throughout the year where she kind of just took over games and started filling it up. Um, and I, it sounds like, you know, I've done a little bit of research on the WNBA stuff, and it, it seems like she's got a legitimate chance to get drafted and play at the next level. So good for her for that. And then Taylor Soul, like you said, in a lot of ways, kind of a heart and soul of this team, um, you know, leading them to places they'd never been before. And she was a huge reason why we were able to go on the run. I, I think Coach Brooks and the staff did such a good job, you know, recognizing their stars and then doing a really good job surrounding them with complementary players. So uh, I, I have no doubt that the staff will be able to figure out a way to do that again, jump back in the portal and see how they can replace, you know, those two in particular. But, um, you know, Deja Gregg hit countless good shots, played really good defense, um, you know, helping, you know, alleviate some pressure from Taylor soul. And then Taylor Guyman even had games where she would come in and knock down corner threes. Uh, the corner threes seemed to be kind of her specialty. So it was an awesome group. Um, but yeah, like you said earlier, the staff, um, and Coach Brooks in particular have done such a good job in the portal that you know he's got a track record he can lean on, and it's it's you know thanks to the hard work and sacrifice that Kayana Trailer and Deja Gregg and Taylor Soul made that gives Coach Brooks that leg to stand on when he goes to talk to transfer portal kids this year. Without a doubt, one of the most fun teams. I've oh yeah, ever, totally. I've ever had fun. I've, I've ever had fun. I've ever had watching. Um, and what's, what's unique about it is I started thinking about, like, I've always said that the 20, uh, that the sweet 16 team for the men's team was my favorite team ever. And I don't know if I could love a team that much. And this team was right up there with it. The only difference is the finality doesn't really exist in the same regard as that team does with hearing yesterday, we were at salt line after a wonderful, uh, night at the, uh, or, um, afternoon at the Nationals game, I had my first Curly W yesterday. Um, but we found out that Liz Kitley is coming back. Um, she is coming back. Kayla King, we found out, is coming back this year as well. Um, Liz coming back one more year of knocking on wood, health, and success – Gives her a legitimate chance to go down as one of the most decorated athletes in school history. Not in women's basketball history, not in basketball history. Go down as one of the most decorated athletes in in Virginia Tech history. It's super exciting for a multitude of reasons. The team, the records, and the fact that we are going to get Mr. and Mrs. and Raven and all the siblings, Kitleys, in the stands again. Um, How fun was it? Uh, All the content from Raven and seeing Mr. Kitley and Mrs. Kitley going nuts at the UNC game when Liz broke the record and she won the game at the buzzer. Um, There's such a tremendous, tremendous, um, I don't want to say asset to Virginia Tech, but members of the Virginia Tech community um, that I'm really, really glad they're sticking around. So um, that's special. And Kayla King as well, former, uh, former teammate of Liz. Liz is one of really, really close friends, uh, and the King family's great too. Um, so really, really excited to have them back, um, back in Blacksburg. We are going to talk about the future, but we are going to take a quick break. We are back from our quick break and looking forward. As I said before, people were losing their minds 
about the Virginia Tech preseason way too early 14-16 ranking from this. What's his name? It's not Tom Cream. Cream. I always mix him up with Tom Cream. Do you know the guy's name? Where? The guy who does the preseason rank, the rankings in the market. Charlie, Charlie Cream. Charlie Cream. Cream always rises to the top. Uh, he put out his way too early uh, top twenty-five thing, and tech, and he had tech at like fourteen or sixteen. Here's my take on that: number one, who cares what Mister Cream has to say? And number two, we do have a lot of work to do. Liz coming back is awesome. Kayla coming back is awesome. Georgia coming back is awesome. That said, all of this success, we're gonna have to fill a couple of these holes. Kayana Trailer. Taylor Soul and DeAsia Gregg were huge for this basketball team. And finding a couple of glue girls, glue girls for this team with winning pedigree, um, probably someone with that same amount of tenacity to kind of be a little bit of a bully, maybe get Liz some post help, get another big in there to avoid, you know, if we get into any type of foul trouble, you're able to do something. But, um, that's going to be really, really important for Tech to be able to build on the success of this year. Um, do you have any early portal hope, hopes or wants right now? Um, where are you on that? I don't have names. Uh, I think you just touched on it a little bit. But um, someone who can go get their shot to kind of replace what Canada Trailer brought to the table in terms of, you know, late in the clock going to get her looks for herself in the way that Georgia does. Um, so that it's not only Georgia late in the clock. Um, probably, honestly, somebody who can play point guard a little bit to um, help alleviate pressure on Georgia and slash backfill for Kiana Trailer there because Kiana did a little bit of that as well. So somebody who can play out on the wing and get their own shot um, and play good defense. And then on the inside, you have to, you know, it's going to be really hard to replace what Taylor Soul brought athletically, but someone who brings that physicality and tenacity um, because you're losing. Taylor Soul and Deja Gregg, who both provided a little bit of that interior defense. Um, and then, yeah, I completely agree with you in terms of, um, you know, uh, another big to help alleviate pressure on Liz, uh, particularly, you know, just the ability to let her go sit for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. She hasn't to play 30 plus um, come ACC time. So, you know, think about Deja Gregg, Keanu Trailer, what they brought to the table and replace those things. Taylor Soul, you know, all the attributes that they had, those are kind of the things you have to replace. And you can do some of that internally. I know they're really high on some of the freshmen who didn't get to play much this year, but then also, you know, go out and see what the portal can bring you because there's a lot of ACC names in the portal on the girls' side, um, some names locally in the state of Virginia uh, that, you know, Coach Brooks, I'm sure, has familiarity with. Um, so we'll see what the portal brings. But it's been good at the women's program so far, and I expect it to be again this offseason. Shifting our focus over to men's basketball, we were really prepared to have like a a super awesome, excited, positive uh, conversation, but about 90 minutes before we press record. We found out that Coach Jones is departing. He is going to be an assistant at the University of Maryland. Um, Coach Jones, big reason why Rodney Rice is at Virginia Tech, big reason why A.J. Swinton is committed to Virginia Tech, big reason why there are some extremely talented folks Listing Virginia Tech in their top fives, their top tens, their top whatevers. Um, so yeah, this this kind of sucks, Ed. Um, give us uh, what does this mean for Virginia Tech, and how do we how do we do some triage here? Yeah, what sucks is I had written on the doc. 
looks like the staff and roster is close to full picture. I wrote that about 45 minutes too soon. It looks like so. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it's, it sucks in terms of 2024. Um, what impact it will have on the current roster, we shall see. Mm-hmm. I would really, I mean, I really hope Rodney Rice doesn't decide to follow suit. Um, I'm not sure what his fit would look like at Maryland. I have no idea. Uh, but I know that they just brought back a, a graduate transfer guard who scored like 16 a game in Big Ten play. And I know Rodney likes to play on the ball, so I don't know how much he would get to do that there. I think he has a quicker path to playing time here. Um, but it's a big picture. Yeah, like Mike Jones had Virginia Tech in the running with some really big recruits. I know you know, I've seen some sentiment from the fans that he didn't bring as much in recruiting-wise as people maybe would have thought when he was hired. But I don't necessarily think that's fair. I think he had us in the running with some names we otherwise would not have been able to get a seat at the table with, um, especially looking at the 2024 class. So it's a bummer. It was always going to happen, though. Uh, Mike Jones was never going to be a career assistant at Virginia Tech. He was always going to jump for a job, uh, whether that be a head coaching job or a job like this where he's taking what appears to be a lateral move, but I'm assuming there's a pay bump. And even if there's not, he's back home and he's getting to – it's very easy to pull kids out of D.C. 45 minutes north to College Park versus four hours, four and a half Mm -hmm. hours south to Blacksburg, Virginia. So – um, the DeMatha connection, the Maryland basketball community connection was always going to be hard. I think Jones will do really well there. He's going to lift that Maryland program to higher heights than they already were in year one for Kevin Willard. Um, I would anticipate Hunter Dickinson now strolls on over to College Park as well with a DeMatha connection. So while it might be a um, – it's it's a bummer for Virginia Tech right now, you know, whether it happened this year or next year, I'd rather ha- it happened this year. But, yeah, it was always going to happen. So I don't want to, like, talk about it too much. But it was always going to happen at some point. It stinks. I hope it doesn't impact the current players who are already on the roster, uh, you know, mainly Rodney Rice. But Darren Buchanan was already in the portal. That was a D.C. guy that was a Mike Young or Mike Jones uh, recruit. Uh, A.J. Swinton, we'll see what happens with him. I know he's committed right now. I would anticipate he probably at the very least revisits his options and sees what's going on out there. Hopefully he sticks around, but um, it was always going to happen short or long-term. Um, it happened quicker than I think maybe we thought, but the Maryland job's a good job, and uh, I expect the Terps, to be, <laughs> the Terps to be very good next year. So uh, it's a bummer. Mike Jones is a really good asset for the Hokies and for Mike Young personally, I'm sure. Um, but this is also happening in the middle of you know the convention, in the middle of the Final Four where all the coaches are down in Houston. So I'm sure this isn't a surprise to Mike Young, and he's got his shortlist ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we did have some good news that came in in the last couple of days. So um, familiar face, Ed, who's coming on down? Yeah, Tyler Nichols coming to Blacksburg. Um, Harrisonburg kid, number 84 nationally in the 2022 class, uh, was really, really high on Virginia Tech and Coach Webster the first time around until that UNC offer came in late and he decided to go down to Chapel Hill for a year. Played kind of sparingly there, jumped in the portal and you know, was pretty quickly linked to Virginia Tech and he's decided to um, come up to Blacksburg, and he should be a really, really good player for the Hokies. Six, seven, kind of three, four hybrid can shoot it really well. Very athletic. Um, I believe he is the all-time leading scorer in Virginia State high school basketball. Um, and if you go back to his ranking coming out of high school, which was only a year ago, he would be the tenth highest rated recruit in the history of the, of the program. So, very, very talented guy coming to Blacksburg, um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. And it, credit to you know, Mike Young and Christian Webster for building really strong relationships the first time around. 
because you never know when these kids are going to jump in the portal and come calling you again based on those strong relationships you built the first time. So that's something to keep an eye on, you know, as the years progress as well as kids going somewhere else and then ultimately transferring back to a program that they were closely tied to the first time around. I think you'll see a lot of that moving forward as well. I have a question that isn't on here. Uh, and maybe the short answer is no, I don't know anything about it, but, uh, a, any rumblings on what Darius Maddox is looking at? I know he's in the transfer portal right now. And B, is there any way that Darius Maddox comes back? Do you think? This is completely just Ed's opinion. Um, I doubt he comes back. Mm -hmm. I think that probably, I mean, I could be totally wrong. I'd love to have him back, but I doubt he comes back. The, consensus i've gotten from you know reading twitter and seeing what his mom posted about his about his dad and how he was doing better health wise which is awesome news um i would assume that if there was a family health family emergency um darius's goal with jumping in the portals probably be closer to home so my immediate two thoughts there are maryland and georgetown so we'll see i think he could fit really well at maryland um they they need shooting in a bad way to get them to the next level. And I think if he's willing to come in and be that sixth, seventh man off the bench, kind of like he was uh, for Virginia Tech the year they won the ACC, I think Maddox at Maryland could fit in really, really well and knock down a lot of threes in that system. But then there's Georgetown, and Ed Cooley's rebuilding, and he needs talented guys, uh, and that's much closer to home for Darius as well. So two programs up here in the area that uh, could use his services for a variety of different reasons. Um, but no, I, I don't anticipate him being back in Blacksburg, sadly, but his – his shot in that tournament will always go down in hokey lore. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. And as we shift our attention to the spring sports, as we close the book on basketball, oh, man, what a tra- what a transition by Billy Ray. Uh, let's sh- to shift our attention over to this, uh, the spring sports. I want to shout out the lacrosse team who defeated Duke number, I believe they were number 13. I'm pulling it up right here. Number 20 Duke on the road. Shout out to Coach Skira. Shout out to that program. Uh, they won fourteen to thirteen in three overtimes. So very, very well done. Fired up about that. Also, the Virginia Tech baseball team defeated Virginia in what was it's not it's not a must win, but you know, get, the wheels were kind of falling off a little bit. Getting a little, getting a little, getting a little nervous. But um, Tech was on a bit of a skid. In ACC play, they're doing really well in out-of-conference play, but they absolutely needed a win against UVA, who's also number five in the country. They came to Blacksburg. UVA took game one, and then Tech won back-to-back, took the final two. The huge win going into the Duke series on the road next weekend. So um, huge win for them, fired up, and hopefully they can get some momentum and ride that after it. We're also going to do some football arms-length observations um have not been to any practices looking forward to spring game getting down to blacksburg um but just a couple observations first and foremost i love the content that's coming out of the program right now i love the availability of hearing from coordinators hearing from other coaches um i've loved hearing ollie jennings went on the tech sideline spotlight uh which was awesome i really really enjoyed hearing his interview um but uh yeah, just just getting into the swing of football. I'm really excited about that. The one thing that I really kind of took away from what the coaches were saying and some of the reports coming out of Blacksburg is something to note. Look, we do this every single year. Player transfers in, 
and we immediately put expectations on, oh, okay, this is now going to be our starting whatever. This is now, this is going to be his role. This is this, this is that. Um, I said the minute Kyron Jones got here, that I have no idea who's our starting quarterback is going to be. I have no idea. I know Kyron Jones squats a whole lot of weight. I know Kyron Jones is extremely athletic. But at the end of the day, one, I think the uh, Grant Wells conversation around him was a bit unfair given what he was working with last year, whether it's the injuries to the running back room, the inconsistency in the wide receiver room, the uh, nonstop flow of pass rushers from the inconsistency from the offensive line that we saw last year. So this is going to be a battle the entire season. That's kind of what the coaches have talked about. Uh, doesn't look like we're going to be naming a starter. And if that starter is Grant Wells, great. Going to be rooting for Grant Wells. If that starter is Kyron Jones, great. Can't wait for root for him. If it's going to be Tucker Holloway, if it's going to be Taj Bullock, I don't know who it's going to be. But we need to stop doing the, oh, okay, we got so-and-so, so now we know that position is taken care of. Um, but that's what spring is for. Spring is finding out who's who's understanding the playbook at an early start, who's a good leader, who's it going to work out with. And um, I'm, uh, I'm fired up about it. I'm fired up about it. And I'm glad that we're having some competition too. It's good to have guys – that are both vying for a position, making each other better. So um, those are my thoughts on it. Do you have any other observations from spring practice? Um, anything else football related? No, my attention's been entirely on basketball. I haven't. I, I mean, the content's great, but yeah. you know, we'll see how spring game goes, and then we'll we'll be reading the tea leaves throughout the summertime and summer camp, and then maybe we'll start to get some real answers. I also want to shout out Taylor Price. She made the Women's Youth National Team camp that happens in April. Um, really, really exciting news. Happy for her. That is a really, really cool honor and opportunity for her. From what I understand, they have training camp in April, and then they create a team that competes in some sort of national tournament in uh, May or June. So really, really excited for her. One of the better uh, underclassmen in the ACC in terms of women's soccer. So, man, we touched them all today. And the women's uh, – women's the softball team won yesterday against Duke. They took one of two. That was my bad on the tweet. We'll actually do some corrections here. Ed, we got a lot of write-backs on saying that it was the first Final Four team in Virginia Tech history. We were speaking specifically about basketball, but to clarify, we have had soccer teams that have made the Final Four. We have had wrestling teams that have made – the final four. We were talking about basketball, but thank you for holding us accountable. It is important to be accountable. Um, so shout out to Kay Finn and some of the other folks who uh, who did hold us accountable. Kay Finn gave me two phone calls reminding me about the soccer. Well, I, I, I caveated it with, I don't have the hokey history of the Finn right. fan. And then right. Pat texted me and Mr. Finn called you. So, um, you know, next time, Pat. Jump on the mic. That's right. That's right. We're missing. We're missing Pat. He'll. He would have held us. He would have held us accountable. Exactly. Um, exactly. I'm trying to think. Anything else? Wonderful weather we're having. We got a couple minutes. Anything else we should chop it up about here? No. I mean, me and uh, me and Mike McDaniel have been kind of waiting for everything to settle down to do our end of the year recap. Um, and I thought things were close to settled. Now they aren't. Now that Mike mm-hmm. Jones is on the move, so um, you know, maybe we'll give it another another week or so, and we'll see. If anyone else jumps in the portal, anybody else comes in, who who the new uh, hire is on staff. But I would love to close the book on this season and look towards next year. But things are moving and shaking through the national championship while those coaches are down in Houston. So we'll see how things go. The national championship is tonight. 
I would assume there's going to be a lot going on the next five to seven days. And then after that, we'll probably have a pretty clear picture on the men's team for next year. One quick question. When you're thinking, I know what you're going to say, but um, when Coach Young is looking at a short list of people to replace Coach Jones with, can you give me a couple of qualities? And if you have any names or geographical locations you would like him to look at, um, what is what is on your wish list there? I would personally, I'm at the point now with the way um, the East Coast landscape is shaking up. You know, Christian Webster's got ties up in the D.C. area. He does a good job recruiting kind of everywhere. Um, Giltner has done really, really well down in North Carolina in the Charlotte area. Lucky would, to keep him, by the way. Yeah, I would love to continue to, you know, make that a area of emphasis for the Hokies because, you know, as Pat loves to remind us, Charlotte's two and a half hours from Blacksburg. So mm-hmm. um, that area makes a lot of sense. I would also like – it'd be cool if we could find someone who ha- continues to have ties in that region as well as kind of as far west as Knoxville. Uh, there's a lot of good basketball players there as well. But, of course, you know, everyone's immediate reaction is going to be Northern Virginia, Northern Virginia, D.C., Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. The reason I say maybe don't put as much emphasis there is because Mike Jones took the job at Maryland, and Maryland's already doing a really good job recruiting this area. Um, so you're fighting a really, really uphill battle with Mike Jones at Maryland and now Ed Cooley at Georgetown. You know, there's a lot going on up here. That'd Not just really Georgetown, hard. the entire Big East too. I mean, the Big East people are still still sleeping on the Big East, and I know St. John's is not going to be recruiting in the uh, in the Northern Virginia area, but all of those schools, man, they're they're going to Villanova they're crushes it here. Yeah, Villanova crushes it here. Um, so I think you know, take the Brent Pry approach. Out maybe somebody who's connected in the uh, Richmond and seven five seven area. There's a lot of good basketball players in both those areas as well. Um, but I don't know. I'm interested to see. I, I think it has to be somewhat of a recruiting heavy hire because you're replacing back-to-back really good recruiters in Chester Frazier and the guy who replaced him and Mike Jones. So um, I think it's got to be somewhat of a recruiting lean in terms of the hire. But I, yeah, I trust I trust Mike Young's Rolodex. I'm sure he's down there moving and shaking at hotel lobbies in Houston, figuring it out right now. So I'm not overly concerned, but I, I think it has to have somewhat of a recruiting recruiting lean to it. Um, just because of who he's replacing. Last couple for you. Number one is a quick one. Does San Diego State have a chance tonight? <sighs> they beat Alabama and they beat Creighton, and both those teams were at various points in the time number one, if not top five programs. But um, I personally don't think so. I, this UConn team's an absolute wagon. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're scoring differential in the tournament is plus 103. Yeah, um, they're, they're not just beating teams; they're dominating everybody. So, uh, San Diego State's went on an amazing run, one that, in my opinion, I guess we probably should have been too surprised in because they won over thirty games. Um, so they did a lot of winning, and so did FAU, and they continued that into the postseason. Um, but I don't know, man. This UConn team's got it going on. Shout out to Himalayan. Hopefully, he has a big game tonight and can hoist a hoist a natty. That'd be pretty cool for UConn. UConn's a kind of a sleeping giant, a historically great program that has not been on this stage in a little bit of time. And here they are, back to your Big East comment. And last, last question, and I'm sure there will be some Virginia fans, state of Virginia people that would care about this. Uh, VCU, lost a very talented coach to Penn State. Hate to see it. Uh, tell us a little bit about that job. Tell us a little bit about the replacement and the future of that program. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good job. It's a historically really great job that, a lot of coaches have used to, I guess, springboard themselves into bigger and better things. Think Shaka Smart and, you know, my, most recently Coach Rhodes just left. But um, they got a really good replacement in, in Ryan Odom. I think he's going to do a really good job there. 
Um, he has success and history on the East Coast, most notably for Virginia Tech fans, knocking off UVA as the first, you know, 16-1 upset at UMBC. And then he went out to Utah State and went 18 and 16 in year one, 26 and nine in year two, made the NCAA tournament, and then has come back east to coach at VCU. So um, very good coach, very good hire. I think he'll do really good things and just pick up right where Coach Rhodes left off. I think VCU fans should be pretty happy about that one. Ed Williams, an informational machine, just spitting out all of the answers here. Uh, the only one I can. Apparently, he was on Greenberg's staff at Tech. Did not know that. That's cool. Parting words, tip of the cap to Jim Nance. It is his final, final four game announcing. Just had a chokehold on my childhood watching March Madness. Um, Got to say, not very fired up about the Iron Eagle switch, but hey, I'll grow to like it. It'll be okay. And um, looking forward to a great late national championship. Ed, thanks for joining, and we'll be back soon. Go Hokies. Go Hokes. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is... What you're thinking Please don't go to sweat sinking Trash my friend's place Wake up the next day And do it again And all that she said is And all that she said is Enough to reach out to you And say Do you have-